You're listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. With your hosts, Anthony R. Destiny, Joe Ferrani, and Jerry Kenna. Interviewing entrepreneurs, business operators, and investors. This episode of Between Two Bridges is sponsored by Paymark Payroll. Payday is the most important day to your most important people. And Payday is made easy at www.payyourpeople.com. Okay, this is uh, Between Two Bridges. This is the bridge episode, if you will, pardon the pun. I'm Anthony Ardesti. I'm your co-host to my right. Uh, Jerry Kenna. And uh, I'm Joe Ferrani. So we're all here. We, we started this, what, how many weeks ago now? Well, we've been doing it for a while. We've released two episodes at this point, uh, Brian Mara and Sean Truby. We have a few more coming. But we decided we were going to do a monthly bridge episode, basically summarizing where we, you know, who we've spoken to over the last month, kind of just kind of a casual conversation between the three of us, what's going on in our world, uh, highlights, what we liked, and, you know, anything we wanted to talk about regarding the guests, and uh, maybe some current events and things like that, that uh, maybe we wanted to highlight that we didn't get a chance to talk about really whenever we have a guest here so yeah that sounds innocent enough until we get pissed off at something and we just rant to a camera in the corner of the room that's okay <laughs> well this this can be that so. and we'll make sure we cut it into a little clip and put it on tiktok right. <laughs> now nah, just going through the brian episode again i know we re- recorded that probably two months ago at this point right yeah. i just yeah. uh some things that stuck out were Obviously, his his willing, I guess not willingness, but he went in multiple times in, in multiple different ways. And like I remember him talking about borrowing the money to get a cash register, yeah. you know, and the willingness and drive it takes to make that type of decision. And not only did he have to do that, but he had to borrow money a couple times because remember right. he had to do it again when he had the satellite sales, the satellite dish sales. Yeah, he sold all those dishes and didn't have any money to buy the inventory, so he had to go hit his parents' credit card up. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that there is options to get funding out there to start a business. Everybody's like, well, you know, it, I want to do this, but I don't have the money. But you can get the money. You just have to have a solid business structure and a business plan. But you also have to have a huge set of balls. Yeah, you got to have the balls <laughs> because, to ask for it. Right? Yeah, it's like right. anybody can do what we've, we've talked about. It. Anybody can do what we do. It's just right. about having the guts to jump off that bridge, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I've known Brian a long time. Um, several years, probably I don't. I couldn't even put a number on it right now. Maybe maybe ten years, and I got to watch a lot of that growth yeah. firsthand. And um, and like we kind of mentioned during the the episode, you know, I and it, it's something that we wanted to kind of create with this podcast. But a lot of times, as a business owner, I think you guys probably agree that there's times where you're just like you're dealing with something or you have 
you know, maybe you're dealing with an employee issue or a client issue or a growth issue, or maybe you're just fucking broke and don't know what to do now. Um, or maybe you just sold your business and you don't know where to go from here. Uh, but I have a, a group of group of friends and Brian's one of those that I can go to and ask. And, um, not only is he the kind of, kind of the kind of friend that, um, when you call and you're like, you know, a lot of times when people outside your circle, they see you're a business owner, they assume you're rich, you're, we're killing it. Right. Mm. Um, and sometimes from the outside, maybe it, it looks that way. Um, they don't see the sleepless nights and the, the stress, but Brian, no matter what's going on on the outside where everybody thinks I can call him and say, Hey, Oh man, I'm dealing with this. And you know, even if it's just a, you got this buddy, yeah, you can do yeah. this. I've been through this. Um, but, and he also on the other side of it, because he's killing it, he's also the guy that can appreciate the wins. You know, right. when you call and you're like, Hey dude, I just ordered that Corvette and he's like, yes. You know what I mean? Like that's the, he's also that guy. And, um, no, yeah. genuine guy, genuine guy. Yeah. And he's the person you can talk to. That's not going to judge you whether it's your ups or your downs. Yeah. I had someone reach out to me that actually knew him at a young age. And he was like, I always knew he was going to be a stud at something. Yeah. We just didn't know what it was. And yeah. you know, he figured it out. Yeah, he didn't know for a long time, yeah. apparently. <laughs> apparently. And the thought of like, you know, I own my own business. The thought of actually selling that business, mm-hmm. it's such an identity of mine. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, you know, that's also having the guts to do it, you know, because, you know, you could look at the long run and you could do it, but you're, sell- you're also selling a job. Yeah. So he's sold that job and it's made him a better businessman, you know, moving forward. Yeah. That's- Which is like... I don't know. I wish someone would buy my cleaners. I say it all the time, but like I can relate to like how vacant that spot was whenever he sold those stores. He was, you know, just kind of like probably lost in the world. Well, I mean, think everything you do every day is building this business. It's that you live that life (laughs) where literally 24 seven. Yeah. You could be back in that mode. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's gone. Well, that's why I think like with this trip coming up, going to camp and like going to hunting camp or going hunting, I think that's why I like it so much is because like I literally can shut it off to do that. Yeah. But I, it sucks because I can't shut it off to like cut my grass or like yeah, if I'm, you know, you're too close to it. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Anybody wants to buy dry cleaners out there listening? <laughs> oh, man. Come on, get. <laughs> no, I, you know, and it's the, the I people mean, that would work you for even you. know like what that number would need to be? Like, have you ever... Well, I guess we're I young guess enough you know that it doesn't have to be that high. It yeah. just needs to get you flush and have enough to do the next thing, you know. Yeah. So you figure out your yearly, and if you think it's going to take you a year, you know, if someone's willing to write you one year's salary today, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, I, I'm in a fortunate situation where we've, we've grew the company yeah. from a small number to right. a higher number. But I don't want to go to the next number, you know. <laughs> like, we talked about it with uh, – um, one of our guests that you guys will see later, but it's the it's the concept of if you open ten shops, you have bought yourself a job. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not trying to buy another job. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to figure it out and do a little smoother stuff now. But yeah. but then you think about your people too. Like I work with them every day. They're like family to me. Right. So like, how do you have that conversation? It's like, hey, we we sold. Like, that's yeah. a tough one. <laughs> yeah. People do it though. I mean, but uh, I mean, if anybody works for me, we don't have any buyers in the well. We're, we're, we're not working a deal. You guys yeah. are safe for now. But if someone knocks on the door, 
Yeah. No, the time commitment. So you heard that on the Truby episode. I mean, my man's on call 24-7, and then he's also diversified into, what, life insurance and plot sales. And yeah. Well, that's... real estate, too. So, I mean, he's yeah, doing well. That's, that's kind of the whole thing. And, and when you own a business... Well, I don't. I think Mara brought up rich dad, poor dad yeah. during his episode, mm-hmm. and one of the you know the, the cash flow quadrant. Have, have you guys read that? Yeah. The yeah. Book? So you have the cash flow quadrant. For anybody that hasn't listened, basically, if you you know imagine you just write a a plus at, on a, on a page, and you've got um, self employed, you've got business owners, you've got investors, and you have employees. Um, and self-employed is not the same as a business owner. And that is a super common misconception, especially in my business, where people think that they're a business owner. But if you're not able to trust in your bus- in your employees and get up and walk away for a certain period of time, and I think in the book they say a year, yeah, and the business is running just as well, if not better, than when you left, then you're, a, you're, you're self-employed. You Basically, you're an employee of your business. You're not a business owner. Mm. Matter of fact, it's the other way around. Yeah. The business owns you. And that's a, a hard thing. to. It's a hard transition. And, and honestly, I mean, I've been, Landmark Business Solutions has been in existence since 2010. And I can tell you that uh, I'm still self-employed in that company. Now, it's really difficult for me, and a lot of it's probably me. But... A lot of my clients come to me because of me. So yeah, it's yeah. really hard to then say, okay, well, I know that you're here because blah, blah, blah told you that I'm the person that knows this, this, and this, but here's this guy that you're going to work with. It's not me. Like I said, it's probably a lot of it's me. I think a lot of my clients would trust that person because I trust that person. Um, but it's a hard transition to make, and I still struggle with it every day. But one step that I've made and it kind of goes to that is to diversify where we've yeah. started buying rental properties because right. in in my mind I want to start creating other revenue streams that are more passive that don't require so much of my time. We've we've recently kind of spun off the payroll division of our company so that uh, one it's a sellable asset at some point because a payroll company can come buy it at some point someday. Hopefully um, tomorrow. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's also not me. You know, what I mean, nobody cares who owns paychecks, right? Or who owns these big companies, right? Um, it's all just a company. It's a big machine. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're trying to start. And then I have the credit card processing business. It's the same kind of deal. Starting these other companies that aren't so dependent on me allows me to grow those without necessarily increasing my workload. Um, but but just hiring good people. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, with real estate, but you know, we're in a very very weird world right now with real estate. So, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. I find it easier too that like you can tell the people that you're working with like, "Hey, I got to go do this because it's also for the company." So they don't feel like you're just out screwing around, you know what I mean? Yep. Like because there's like a resentment I always feel when I like leave my business. They think like I'm out just screwing around and I'm like, "Well, I got other things going on that are actually going to make everybody's life here better because the better I do, the better everybody does. So do you think, cause I have that, I struggle with that exact same thing. Do you think that that's just in our heads or do you think that that resentment actually exists? 
Uh, I mean, I guess day to day it's probably different. If I leave them with like a thousand things to do and it's a hundred degrees out and I'm just like, I'm going golfing. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably a lot of resentment there, but it's probably in our heads. Yeah. They probably just want us to get the hell out of the way so they can do their job and go home. Yeah. You know, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I never liked being micromanaged in any job I ever had. I just wasn't. Makes and it's not who I am It's either. not a lot of people that do. It's, um, I, I do feel like that's in your head, though, just judging from kind of an outside perspective. I feel like. Yeah. I think just from the talks we've had and from the people we've had on, like you see the. Uh, just the mental tax that they pay. You guys don't turn this off. Yeah. You know, I can. Yeah, because yeah, I, I can leave gone. my nine to five and not give a shit if I <laughs> turn in a report or something. But you know, you guys order pro- profit and loss and employees, and it yeah. just doesn't end. Yeah, because like recently, I I've like started like leaving to go just go home and do the do the stuff I do at night and do yeah. it at two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like I got a good crew right now. I got I got the only thing I'm missing on the plant side is like the me the aspect of it, but like. I don't expect any of my employees to change the float valve and the return tank. I don't expect them to do those <laughs> kind of things. Like that's on me. So it's we're gonna try it Monday. I'm not, I think I'm not coming back from camp until Monday, which will be the first time since I bought the business. Mm-hmm. So let them let them run it. Well, Monday. that'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll go out Friday morning at 4 a.m. and do my job for Monday, <laughs> and then just kind of <laughs> let them go through the paces. You know. Yeah. I find that like we'll plan a vacation. And I typically, because of the way I am, I tend to do long weekends. But every year we do one or two vacations that stretch more than just like Thursday, Friday, Monday. Yeah. Um, one is a motorcycle trip that I do every year with the guys. That's Tuesday to Sunday. And I call him every year. Right at that time, and I'm like, "Sorry, bud." Yeah, uh, I'm on. I'm on the motorcycle trip. I'm like, oh shit, call me when you get back. <laughs> and then we usually do a, a week long family vacation, and I stress out and freak out for about two weeks before that vacation because how in the hell am I going to have all my stuff done in time to go on this vacation? And then usually, like two three days in, I call back here and I'm like, "What's going on? Is everything okay? Is everything is everything on fire?" And everybody here is like, "No, it's been it's been fine." Yeah. We had one client call two days ago. They needed something. We sent it to them. Yeah. It's fine. So it's like, I think a lot of it is in our heads. Not that, well, not that we could be. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. And it's not that we could take six weeks off and it all be fine. But I think our customers also understand that, like, oh, he's on vacation. Yeah. He'll be back next week. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, that's the point I need to get to is I need to invest in, like, I have some equipment in my place that I know how to run because it's like, ah, I just know how to run it because it, I'm edging it on and egging it on. But I could definitely do more automation yeah. to make it easier on my people. And then they probably would look at me like, well, what are you even what are you Why are for? you even here? Yeah. Either fire someone that we don't like that's in this circle <laughs> or you leave. <laughs> and now all your employees are all sitting around listening to this, <clears throat> looking at each other going... Who's it going to be? <laughs> Who's he talking about? Tune in in December. <laughs> right. No, no I, I'm very fortunate right now. You know, one of the things is, is like a lot of the people stayed because we worked through COVID. We didn't stop mm-hmm. working. So yeah. like they didn't get the luxury of going to sit home. So they had, yeah. they just knew. I mean, that's what I did too. I, I didn't stop working. Neither did I. 
it took me 30 years to get to the way I was. Like, I wasn't always a good worker. Like, my past bosses can comment on this and be like, yeah, that dude sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I got in that habit. Mm-hmm. So why break the habit? Right. So, and then I was working on my house at the time, too. So just yeah. keep plugging. So, Jerry, I know you finished up a project recently. Yeah, we did. through that a little bit? Yeah, we, we, bought a, we bought a flip. I don't typically flip houses. Um, don't like to. Don't just never to. did. Yeah. Uh, I, most of my real estate stuff that we've done are been buy and holds. I'm mainly looking at property as a long-term investment. I don't yeah. really bank on that cash flow every month. Um, it's more for you know being self-employed, it, owning businesses. A lot of profits that I've made over the years have just been dumped back into the businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not much of a retirement, right? Yeah. So that's kind of trying to, the idea of it is maybe to give my retirement life, maybe a little shot in the arm is try to buy some, some assets that'll be worth something someday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been, we've been buying up property and, uh, basically doing the burr method. So for anybody that doesn't know what that is, uh, it BRR, it's buy renovate buy renovate rent refinance and repeat so basically what happens is if you have a line of credit or if you've got some cash or if you have hard money if you have a hard money loan some guys do it with hard money you buy the property up uh, and you close quick so when you're a cash buyer if you have a line of credit or even hard money you don't have to worry about appraisals at a bank you don't have to worry about um, you know, a lot of the inspections that you may have to do if you're trying to get a conventional mortgage, you don't necessarily have to worry about down payment because you're using either your cash or line of credit. So you, it's basically considered a cash deal. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you find a distressed property that's been on the market for a while. You reach out and say, hey, listen, you know, give them an offer, hopefully well under market or asking. And you say, listen, I can close within 30 days. No inspections, no appraisals. All I want is a clean title. So we do a title search, get title insurance. Other than that, we can close. And I'm bringing cash to the table, just writing a check. Um, getting the property under, you know, getting the getting the property owned, and then we go in and we fix it up. And the idea is, you buy, you buy the house. Say you bought it for thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars that's low but in the pittsburgh market there's still a lot of neighborhoods that you can pick up a decent house for 30 40 50 thousand bucks so you put what 20 percent down or no i'm going in with a line of credit yeah. so, oh, I'm, so you're going i'm writing a check 30. i'm yeah. paying it all okay and then i'm also using that line of credit and i'm fixing it up so the idea would be just for simple math i'm paying thirty thousand for the property say i'm putting another 30,000 in it, right, mm-hmm. to renovate it. So now I've got 60 invested in this property. The idea then is that I go to the bank. Uh, well, first I find a tenant for it. So you find a tenant, you put it on the market. We also own a property management company. So my property manager will uh, find a tenant for it, place a tenant, say you get a thousand bucks a month for it. That can't be a family member too, right? What's that? Uh, the the, the tenant cannot be a family member from what I've yeah, I think the bank would would frown upon that. That's what um, I ran into. Yeah, yeah the bank's not going to like that. 
Uh, they want to see that it's not they, they would probably consider that an arm's length transaction and probably flag that an underwriter is going to flag that and think that it's fraud mm-hmm. um, so you find a tenant you get a lease that lease says you're getting a thousand dollars a month you've got 60 in the property but it's a line of credit that's not tied to the property so according to the bank that property is owned free and clear okay so you yeah. own it there's no liens on it you own it mm-hmm. So then you go to the bank and you say, hey, I got this property. I own it free and clear. I want to take out a mortgage on it. They send an appraiser. They came back. They come back and say, this house is worth 100000 $100, Uh You've got a tenant making $1,000 a month. Uh, as long as the numbers all work out, which a bank wants to see that rent, typically, the rent is 1.2 times your debt service. And they want they will typically only lend up to eighty percent of the repair value. Okay, so for this easy numbers, house is worth a hundred thousand bucks. They're going to write me a check for eighty grand. Um, now it's a mortgage, so it's not income. But I'm going to take sixty of that, and I'm going to pay off my line of credit. Mm-hmm. The other twenty is, it's not income, but it's still kind of profit on the deal. Right, because uh, it's extra money that I earned on that, but it's not considered income to the IRS because it's a loan. So I just took a loan out. Gotcha. Um, so I put twenty thousand dollars in my pocket. I have a tenant in there making me thousand dollars a month minus my mortgage. You know, a mortgage on a hundred thousand dollars, even with today's rates, you're probably at around eight hundred a month. Okay. Um, so you're still making a couple hundred bucks a month on that property, and you put twenty twenty thousand in your pocket. So. You know, the buying rentals that way can be very lucrative. And you can literally buy an unlimited amount because now my line of credit's paid back off. I've yeah, got yeah. that mortgage that's making money. As long as I keep tenants mm-hmm. in there and they don't trash my places, uh, I can just keep buying more. And you can literally buy as many as you can find that work with those numbers. And if the numbers work, the, the property works. Uh, so that's how I've been buying. How many doors you got now? If you I've, don't mind, I have, I have nine. I was nice. up to 13, including the flip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm selling the flip. It's under contract. Uh, and then a three-unit that I bought, I decided I, it, I was too involved with this flip, and I, I wasn't going to get to it. It wasn't going to uh, cash flow and make me as much as I wanted it to, so I sold it. Um, and it made a little bit, but basically just kind of broke even on the deal. Um, so when you so. package those nine now, you can do bigger projects. So you're yeah. not less than have to be third. Yeah. Third, you can. Right. So now I have a bigger line of credit right. and I have a really good relationship with a bank and now I can do bigger stuff. But so this, this flip house, I know somebody that lives in the neighborhood. They kind of got word to me that the people that were living there, um, it actually had been empty for a couple of years. Um, they weren't going to move back. They originally were going to move back. There were some family issues. They decided not to. The house was in pretty good shape. It had been sitting empty. so And it and it wasn't a really old house. It was built in 98. So it's yeah, a 25-year-old house. Um, it just needed updated. A lot of the stuff in there hadn't been touched since 98. So, uh, so we went in and we put a new roof on it, new furnace, new air conditioner, uh, all new flooring, gripped it, gutted the kitchen, gutted both bathrooms, all new kitchen, all new bathrooms, uh, painted the whole place. I'm interested in that black trim. Everybody seems seems to be pretty popular. Black it is. Trim everywhere. We did white. We did like a really light gray 
what they call it? It was called aesthetic white was the color of the walls with a black trim. Yeah. Uh, I saw another friend of mine that did a house that did that color scheme, and I thought, man, that looks amazing. Yeah. So I, I told him, and I stole it. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I stole my question is always like, it looks sweet, and then no, like, does, I don't yeah. know, would like living there and putting furniture and like, but yeah, we'll see. Around, you know I mean? Yeah, hey, it's not your problem. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, and we did a good job. Like we 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 primed and we put a couple coats down. So I think I think they'll be safe if they bang a piece of furniture off of it. But you never know with those dark colors. You know, things peel. Well, yeah, and I was thinking too more like couches. Like, how do they match with right. the black? You know, with the black. But but we did we did kind of a whole black and white and gray scheme in there. So um, I think if they kind of do a like maintain Modern, that kind of color scheme, too, yeah, um, they'll be okay in there. That, but that's why I laugh. When we did our house. We put the black. We have uh, black cabinets in the island, and then white on the wall. So like that's the trend right now. You know. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, when my kids come back from college, they're going to be like, this is outdated. It's going to be like grandma's house with, like, plastic on the couch. And this is, like, the trend everywhere right now. Yeah, I know. You know, shakers. Yeah. That's what's going to be interesting. Like, and I was a little nervous about that because we went very trendy on this house. Like, we went very modern. Yeah. Um, the light fixtures, the, the, the railings, the everything was very modern and trendy. To the point where, you know, some people could walk in it and be like i hate this <laughs> you know what i mean but it was i i really really liked the way it turned out we did a, a nice tile in the bathrooms and tried to put a little splash of color in the bathrooms and um I, it turned out really well we i had some rockstar contractors throughout the whole thing and um i'm like i, I don't want to go through a big list of them but <laughs> they know who they are um and you're thanking them. <laughs> and they're they're fantastic. So I couldn't have done it without them because I barely know what end of the screwdriver to use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think that there are a lot of great contractors out there. I think contractors get a bad rap. Oh, yeah. You know. This, so. you're, people are either complaining because they can't get on their schedule, but... If they can't right. if you can't get on their schedule, it's probably because they're good. Or they don't want to pay. Or they don't want to pay. <laughs> you know, that guy's expensive. Well, it's he's expensive because he's good. Yeah, there's that three, yeah. the theory of three. You yep. can only pick two. Yep. You yeah. ever hear that? Fast, good, and quality uh, or something. Cheap, yeah. yeah. Good. Fast, good, and cheap. Yeah. No, fa yeah, fast, good, and cheap. You can only have two. Right. Yeah. So we had Sean Truby's episode, which mm -hmm. I thought was fantastic. Um, probably really good for the Thanksgiving holiday weekend for everybody to right. go hug their family and appreciate uh, yeah. their loved ones yeah. hard to hard to record because it was emotional at times um, it was tough to see Sean like that but yeah uh, I wasn't I mean I haven't really got a chance to talk to Sean like since then and yeah. I wasn't expecting to hear the, the raw emotion in his voice you know he's always similar to his dad in a very upbeat kind yeah. of way you know yeah. you know, never lets you see it down but yeah it was uh nice to hear his his story and it's good to see that in the community of oakmont that business is in safe hands yeah oh, yeah so. i think so for sure and it was i mean shay gets some credit too i mean shout right. out to shay i mean yeah she was i don't think she was wanting to sit down with the three of us but you know they, they've been there they've they've really been in that business for a long time so yeah it's uh it's good to see you know you need a dry cleaner you need a barber you need a funeral home to make towns complete so i'm glad don't to forget see. your accountant right now you guys can work anywhere 
That's true. <laughs> I mean, you moved all the way to Penn Hills. Yeah. You still come. Yeah, right. <laughs> all the way. So. Joey, what's new? I know you got some things cooking, right? You yeah, not much. Bought your own house, finally, huh? Yeah, we, we closed on our house. I guess that was a couple months ago. We did a unique deal. But yeah. We, uh, we actually, I actually was on another podcast not too long ago for nice. the lending company. Asked me to do a little short little interview with them. Yeah. And... Uh, that's a really undaunting process to get a loan for anything. So, like, when you, when you know the people that are in the process, it's a lot. It's a lot better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but we got that wrapped up, and now we're we're working on you know what we're gonna do next for Doro Cleaners. We're trying to find a commercial property that's not on McKnight Road and that doesn't carry a five thousand dollar a month rent. Yeah. feel like that's not a good business plan. I mean, maybe there was a point in time when there was like 30 dry cleaners on every street. Right. You needed to be on that street. But now with us doing the door-to-door delivery stuff and, you know, it's just a better opportunity for me. So, yeah, we're looking. It's a hard market to buy commercial property. It truly is. It's good. It's a hard market to buy any property. Well, in Pittsburgh in general, just. Yeah. I think it's very tight market from like a we were talking about contractors. There's a lot out there. I mean, there's a lot of older homes in Pittsburgh, and it just seems like I think I read one time like the the East Liberty Home Depot is like one of the top grossing in the country or something. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, the amount of volume they do. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that also. I used to do uh, beam resets for Home Depot, so I worked for a company out of Atlanta. Wait, what is that? We were the beam team. So like when What's an idiot would wreck that? a forklift into the upstripe of the uprights, oh, okay. we would go in and reset all the beams. Oh. So that was, I worked at nights, worked for my family in the daytime, went there at night. We did from New York to Virginia and that, that East Liberty store was one of the largest grossing stores. Which company was that? We, that it was a that? subsidiary of Home Depot. They had their own oh, company. Okay. Yeah. That's why I was based out of Atlanta. All right. Yeah. These companies aren't, they're not mm-hmm. stupid. They're not going to get a subcontractor. So I was a subcontractor for them, but yeah. I worked for that through that company. Yeah. So what's new with you? W2 side, we got year-end. I won't bore you guys with those details <laughs> from the, I guess, from the company perspective. Um, what do we, we'll say a year and a half in. Um, so started the LLC in 2021 for... Uh, some personal decisions and family stuff that I had to take care of, but um, you know, coming into next year, it's uh, getting getting the process started. So this year a was a lot and, of like, uh, fill us in on what Double A Concepts does. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, tell your side of this shit. Yeah. So <laughs> initially, it wasn't a tax scheme, but uh, I t- I had taken some money out of my retirement to start my own company to get into passive income like jerry had talked about it's a lot more complicated than what the internet portrays so you know 18 months into it not having a door is i wouldn't have expected that so i've learned a lot of different uh things along the way um before i would take that jump you know it's kind of been this three-year process that i've had my eye on but uh cash flow is important um so cleaning up a lot of my debt I think we've talked about this off camera, but uh, basically the government defaulted everybody on their credit cards this year. So if you you miss two or three payments, they put your rate at 30%. You know, that was the old days. What they did last year and towards the end of 2021 was defaulted everybody. So if you go out and look at your credit card statement, you're paying 30%. 
yeah. across the board. So, <laughs> uh, between my wife and I, we had racked up some things. Just we had bought the house in 2019, so our focus this year was paying paying a lot of stuff off. It's not sexy, but cash flow. You know, yeah. I, I, sitting around this table, and it's probably a lot. I wouldn't say easier, but. Um, the capital was out there. So if I would have been more aggressive, I guess, from the lending standpoint, I could be further ahead. Uh, but just from like uh, stress and sleeping at night thing, I wanted to kind of clean up some of my personal debt before diving into this thing. Yeah. Um, so longer term, I guess you could classify it as a, a real estate company, but it's, it's still in the infancy stages. Um, so that's, I've done some general contracting stuff just to keep the lights on this year. I've obviously done some advertising. We're sitting here today, but, um, the goal, I think when I sat down with Jerry was to buy a, buy a secondary house. It was initially for a couple sisters of mine, but the bank didn't like that so much. So, yeah. um, you know, that's rerouted me a little bit. Um, but still looking kind of towards next year. The numbers are like insane. Like I, yeah. I would think that. You know. I didn't think rates would be a freight train, you know, so it was if I could go back and it's COVID, you know, March 2020, I would have borrowed a million dollars, whatever yeah. I could find <laughs> it. You know, while I'm sitting that, at home for six months, I could have, I could, yeah. you know, but that's the type of stuff that keeps you up at night if you, if you do that. So, um, well, we are coming into the holiday season and my grandma yeah. would always say if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas it would be. Right. <laughs> that was her, so, that was her thing. So. Um, I, I do I do think it's crazy though like I, I don't I don't think the cleaners could have ever bought a building you know and then, yeah. then you start looking at it and you're like well yeah you can buy a building so it goes back yeah. to like where I started is like you got to want to have the balls but two look around there's there's yeah. opportunity out there yeah you know? and then like there was there's an episode that'll come later but one of the things I took from the guy is he doesn't let money sit in account you know he's like that's opportunity and I'm like man I've been yeah, I've been stacking pennies for a couple of decades when I could have been out. You yeah. know, I'm I'm like, guilty of it too. I so like to yeah. open my bank account and see that there's money in there. You know, I'm ready to take the leap. Um, you know, obviously picking up stuff as we go along, but yeah, looking forward to next year. Yeah, it was pretty crazy this year in January when I I did the deal with the manufacturing company. Me and the previous owner sat down and kind of looked at it, and he was like, "Joe, he goes, you know, you could chase lending." He said, but I, I think yeah. if you're responsible, you could pay this off in a year through the business as long as you don't like, because a lot of people will think like, I got a business and I got five grand that came in and I can spend that. Right. But, you know, and that, that business is a little different. My raw material cost is through the roof. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, we order wire, I think February, we we'll order February, March, we just planned it out. It's $57,000. Like, so you better not spend a lot of those little $5,000 checks you get. Yeah. If you don't have raw material in that business, you're out of business. Yeah, there's there's no working late. <laughs> there's right. no making up time, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's been a good year for everybody. I mean, we're getting there. Yeah. So, but and it was it was nice to see a guy like Brian talk so much about his business. He was very open, and it was nice to see Sean talk about how, you know, you got to keep going. Yeah, he came off as very intelligent. You know, I, I didn't expect to hear some of the things that he had talked about, but to see. I guess like he could have sat back and, and rode his dad's coattails and been completely fine, but he's diversified into real estate and now he has these insurance classes and it's, you know, he's taking it to the next level. Yeah. You know, he's going to be set up pretty nice. And then I think the other theme you'll hear is that these people bring their kids into it. 
there's a lot of you know i know you work with your dad and it's a truly a family thing there's a generational thing that you know i'm interested in for my son so it's see them getting involved and you're changing legacies at that point it's pretty dope yeah i mean my kids are definitely better off yeah you know i mean we had a good upbringing but like my kids will be better off i mean they're yeah they're they're already more intelligent than I ever thought I was at that age. You know, my daughter is a very, very intelligent person. And it's, I give a lot of credit to my wife being a stay-at-home mom with her. Yeah. But the school that she's in is fantastic. I mean, yeah. they are so good with them. And the teachers nowadays are a lot different. You know, like our teachers are on their way out. Like, think back first, second grade. Mm-hmm. Like, their cycle has hit our kids just right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're right about that. It's it's pretty crazy. And Jerry talked. I mean, this is something I took from him. But even making a thousand dollars a month, you know, that's that's a goal for me to have. You know, that would change changes families to have an additional income stream. So it's just yeah, you got know, the you, time and stuff. You know, I'm not going to set out a goal to make a million dollars next year. But if I can make fifteen, well, that's always been my thought. Give There's me a cushion. Three, Three million people in the city of Pittsburgh. And if each one of them would just give you a buck a year, (laughs) you'd be doing pretty good. Sure. So, and I think a lot of guys, yeah. Like the deal I did in January, a lot of guys are like, well, the numbers don't make sense. Well, I I don't, I don't make a million dollars a year. So if I can make an extra $25,000 a year with that company, then it's a really good investment for me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I think people look at side hustles like, I'm going to be a millionaire, but, you know, and I think part of that is this nonsense on social media where everybody's trying to sell you being like a uh, Amazon, you know, uh, yeah, sell reseller, online, yeah. and reseller and selling. Click a know, button and make a million dollars. Exactly. They try to be like, oh, you can have a Lamborghini by next week. <laughs> it's, it, It'll be electric. You don't need to do that. <laughs> you know? right. And I think people don't realize that the the amount of money like to be in the one percent of earners mm. you don't it's not a million dollars a year like right. you're saying like a dollar for everybody in Pittsburgh three million dollars a year like that's like point one percent of the world right or, or of the United States like there's so few people that like to be in the one percent you have to make like I'm gonna I'm gonna say this wrong because but it's the point is valid it's like 300k yeah i mean it's not a lot of money now it is a lot of money to most people but like you don't need to be a millionaire to be one of the one percent you just you know so like start a side hustle that makes a thousand dollars a month right you know and then maybe it grows into two thousand dollars a month i mean like our credit card business for years it was i mean i started that company just because like i had clients that were paying too much for credit card processing Mm -hmm. And I met a guy that worked for a credit card processing company, and he's like, you know, you can set up, they call it an ISO. You basically become an yep. independent company, and you sign your clients up, and then you make a residual. And at first, I was making like 200 bucks a month. And then it grew into like 1000 bucks a month. Yeah. And then, I mean, now, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a healthy amount of money. Just that passive little bit of money. It, it's a life-changing amount of money that just goes into the account every month and the other thing too is that you know i have a there was a guy i used to work with in corporate that he used to say job stands for just over broke that when you work in corporate that's that's their goal they keep you just over broke and when you're 
Then in the next promotion, you'll go up, and then you'll increase your life to just under that. You'll buy the bigger house. You'll buy the fancier car. You'll buy. You'll go out to dinner one more night a week and blow that money. And that's what people do. So the idea is create that thousand dollars a month in passive income, but don't fucking spend it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Don't (laughs) let it be part of your monthly your monthly budget. Just let it sit there. And then and you know like. I ordered a Corvette, but like that, that be, but be that, frugal, that credit card but. processing company was right. sitting there making that money for yeah. a long time. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm in a car show, man, going, man, I wish I could afford one of these cars. And I'm like, yeah, good. Yeah, I, I can't. Think, I think we were in your old office one day and you were like, I wonder how much is in that account. And you like logged into it and you were like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah. Because you like never looked at it. Don't look at it. When you don't touch it, like, just don't spend the money. Right. That's the whole thing. Like, you know, you buy rental properties and everybody's like, oh, it's 200 bucks a month and I can use it for this. No. Yeah. You, you know, if you have a, a, a job or you have a business that makes and you're paying your bills and you're comfortable, live on that. Create a side hustle that makes just a little bit more. But don't fucking spend it. Yeah. Let it build up and let that that revenue grow and let that account grow. And then a year from now, you're going to be like, holy shit, there's $15,000 in that account. And mm-hmm. then two years from now, you're like, holy shit, there's $45,000 in that account. Damn. Now, all of a sudden, there's enough money in there that maybe you can go buy a piece of rental property or you can go... You know, order yourself a Corvette, whatever. Yeah. You know, and then, but that also goes to the other thing. Rich dad, poor dad. You don't buy liabilities. Like your house, everybody thinks your house is your biggest asset. It's your biggest liability. It doesn't make you any freaking money. It just costs you money every month. And forever. And forever. It'll, it'll Even after you money. pay it off, right. you're still paying the government for it. So it is a liability for the rest of your life. Cars, all that shit. You know, we all like fancy cars. We all like big houses. Buy assets that pay for those. Mm-hmm. I just shared on Facebook today, and this isn't going to come out for a week and a half, so people are going to know when I did it. <laughs> um, but I just shared on Facebook that um, that you don't that you don't buy liabilities; you buy assets that pay for the liabilities. So you, you want to buy a Corvette? You want to buy a Ferrari? Cool. Buy rentals until those rentals will pay the payment for that Ferrari. Right. Yep. And that's how you get yourself a Ferrari. And then you never have to worry about that Ferrari camp payment because your rental properties or whatever other passive income you have, that's what's paying it. Don't take it out of your monthly budget. That's how you have to get ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I look forward to maybe next year, not having to spend so much money. <laughs> like It's like every year you're like, well, this will be paid off. This will be done. You know, I can, I'll, but then I talked about the equipment earlier. You know, next yeah. year I'll be buying equipment. You know? yeah, yeah, that, it's just a, it's a rat race. It is. You know? Part of your main job is always going to be a rat race. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why you need the little, that's why you got to diversify, buddy. Well, that's what we're working on. So, but. Mm. Got any commercial property for sale? No. I'd like to buy some. <laughs> if you know anybody's on. It's funny, too, because you said about buying $30,000 properties around here. So, we were in the mountains this weekend, and you, you can't find a $30,000 camp. No. They're, they're 50 grand. Yeah, things so. things have changed. Those numbers are probably a little bit outdated. Um, I had somebody send me something that this morning that was like seventeen k, and I'm like, bro, I mean, it's just rough. <laughs> it's rough. Um, 
I mean, I've I've looked at I, I look every morning because I'm trying to find my next project. Yeah, and I just it's so hard. And and the problem right now is that, like I said, when the numbers work, they always work. Yeah, but right now because rates are so high, rates are high, but inventory is still low right. because if you bought a house and you've got a 2.75% mortgage, you're not moving. And you're prioritizing no. paying that goddamn payment. My wife is going to die in our house. Whether I, <laughs> Where are you going to go? I don't know. And people aren't going to uh, foreclose because they don't want to lose that mortgage. So they're yeah. doing everything they can to pay that payment. They're not paying their credit cards, but they're paying those. <laughs> you know, so you know the market, there's just nothing for sale. So yeah. it's, it's really hard. Values haven't come down, but rates are super high. It's hard to get numbers at work. you got space to add on, right, at your house? I do. Yeah. I'm trying to buy, not to put plum on the fucking burner here, but I've been trying to buy this property next to mine for three years. Yeah, that's it's been stuck with uh, the county, and but yeah, if I could buy the secondary property and then potentially put a business on it, there would be you know obviously some benefits there. Yeah, they say you only get one chance to buy the property next door. And yeah, you need it's to been fight months, and claw and, years. and do whatever you gotta do to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So. What do you think? I think this is a good first wrap up episode. Yeah, I'm very uh really mad at you know. Not yet. No, let's give it till next month. I feel like I've, <laughs> you're yeah. like coming in here with like red letters written down like all right, I gotta burn Citibank. I gotta <laughs> burn the auto workers union. Chevy doesn't have my Corvette done. Held them all. <laughs> no, it's been a, a great couple episodes. I'm excited about the people we have coming up. Yep. And uh, reaction from the community has been positive. So it's uh, yep, so we have uh, regular releases coming up, right? And then uh, we'll see you at the end of December. Maybe we'll get some uh, tax tips, end of year stuff from Jerry, things to do around the holidays, um, stuff like that. Sounds good to me, man. Sounds uh, good. Just moving in the right direction, for sure. Yeah, good to see you guys. Until next time. Thanks. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. Find and follow us on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Like and subscribe, and leave us a rating and review. You can join us socially on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yes, we still call it Twitter. You can email the show at info at bridgespodcast.com. Until next time, make it till you rake it.